Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Trash can, Connor Dean Conrad, also known as Jim, here with the Heartbreak Kid, Hollywood Heath Pierce, and not Charlie Davies, to the surprise of absolutely no one. And we've got a great show for everybody. I'm back in my spot here at home, home from Australia. Absolutely buzzing about it. I left my megaphone in the hotel in Australia. I'm a little sad right now. Just want to throw that out there. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open Cup semifinals. We're going to preview the big matches there for the four final teams, all from MLS. Christian Pulisic scored his first goal for AC Milan. Dig it out of your nets. Bologna goalkeeper. Yeah, suck it, haters. America for life. Here we go. And then obviously some other players from <laughs> from the U.S. got mm-hmm. to play in some big games. Josh Sargent scored again. Good for him. Team away. I got the start. Weston McKinney had a good 45 minutes when he came on as a sub. We got a lot to talk about. Keith, though, how was your weekend, buddy? Great to see you as always. Uh, weekend was good. We had the uh, storms down here in, in Southern California or, or uh, Tropical Storm Harry, uh, Hillary, not Harry. <laughs> Harry sounds like a, a different kind of name. better, actually. Um, I know. Uh, it's Hil- uh, Harry's brother, Hillary, uh, <laughs> sister, Hillary. Um, and uh, and um, yeah, it, 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 uh, did some, it did some work in Southern California, obviously more inland through downtown LA and into the Inland Empire. But um, we had some heavy rains here, so... Uh, I was meant to be doing the Galaxy game. That one got postponed really early on until October. And then um, the LAFC game that was here this weekend got postponed till, till Wednesday. So the good thing is I'll get to go to the LAFC game, which will be fun. Um, That'll be hang fun. Out and, and That'll enjoy be fun. It, so. Well, I'm glad you're doing okay. Yeah. Everybody seems happy and healthy. So that's all yeah. good. Yes, sir. All right. Let's talk about the USL Open Cup. Before we take any steps further with regard to our preview for Cincinnati, Inter-Miami, and Houston versus Real Salt Lake. Let's do a look back at our brackets, Heath, because you, me, and Chuck. I don't remember them. but I don't actually uh, remember uh, either. And also, we did these pre-Leo Messi signing with Inter Miami, so that has to be taken mm -hmm. into consideration before we do anything. But uh, I know that producer Alex has these brackets ready to go. I'm very curious as to who he's going to throw up first. I'm hoping that it's Chuck so we can make fun of him. Yes, yes. So Chuck went first. He had LAFC versus FC Cincinnati. He actually had the Dynamo in the semi, so fair play to him on that. He had Cincinnati and Nashville in the other semi. So he got two of the four semifinalists. Mm-hmm. We can't make fun of him too much. But into Miami, nowhere to be seen in yeah. his. Oh, I guess they're the round of 16. Oh, that's when we started our predictions. So, yeah, not too bad. I mean, I, I get tough. I, yeah, it's, tough. Tough. it's tough. It's tough. 
it's tough. I wanted Having to bust his balls a little more, but so he's all right. That was the Inter Miami Nashville was the uh, final of um, the League's Cup, you know. So it could have gone either way, but it, it probably would have gone, gone a different way uh, pre pre Messi or without Messi. Very very true. All right, so that's Charlie. Let's see who Alex puts up next, me or you. Heath comes in. You got FC Cincinnati in the final versus the Dynamo. Mm-hmm. So Heath, you're you're not actually too far away. You're 90 minutes away from this actually being true. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, uh, the Dynamo are 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 in are in a run of form right now. I but mean, Salt Lake. They, well, prior to League's Cup, were in a run of form as well. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Salt Lake are, were one, and 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 the upside for Salt Lake is is maybe it's not an upside. Is is they were going to play two very different teams uh, for their game against the Galaxy last week, and that got postponed, and then and then for this week, and now I think the upside, if there is any, even though they haven't played any. Uh, matches in a, in a couple of weeks is that they'll play their best best 11 um and not rotate here which i think they were going to be close to anyway but mm-hmm. um you know it, it's it makes an unpredictability for for who they're going to roll out in 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 their uh semifinal matchup yeah 100 percent. we're going to get into those previews very shortly but uh let's take a look at my bracket i'm <laughs> i got it cincinnati versus lafc as well i have the dynamo actually making it to the semi so me and me mm-hmm. and charlie were very similar and uh, I had Cincinnati winning it all. And that's okay. if they get past Inter Miami, why would I put it past them to, to go and do it? But uh, they did not look good this past weekend at Cincinnati against Hon- the Columbus crew. I'm going to be honest, like outside of obviously the, 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 the curveball of, of uh, Inter Miami in this one. And uh, obviously LAFC was just wishful thinking, I guess in the end, just because of the team that they were putting out on, on the field for those ones. But I mean to to have to have uh, two semifinalists. Uh, did Chuck Chuck had the Houston and and Cincinnati? Did he have two? Right? Yeah, he, he had, had those two. Yeah, two out it's of four. Still, it's still uh, one. It. It's it's a sign of one the consistency of 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 some of these teams because you look at sixteen in MLS and it could be a crapshoot, right? Um, so ah, uh, you yeah. know, I didn't notice this before, but Charlie actually had LAFC as champion, whereas you and I both have FC Cincinnati. So mm. they got some work to do though. This FC Cincinnati team, and before I want to get into their performance against Columbus Crew. Let's just talk a little bit Inter Miami, obviously coming off the League's Cup. They apparently aren't going to have any hangover here. They, like Salt Lake, didn't have a game this past weekend. And I want to get into that because I feel like... Oh, but they played though, Friday. They played... They played No, they right. played Saturday. They played the uh, Cup they Final Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Well, they the just league, didn't play the league, league on Sunday. That's yeah. right. But Salt Lake didn't play at all. That's what I, I guess I was referencing mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake didn't play at all. So they get a little bit of a break. But League's Cup, in terms of Inter Miami, thank you for correcting me on that. They come in with a little bit of momentum. Sure, they could be tired. You think, oh, they're going to rest Leo Messi. No goddamn chance are they going to rest Leo Messi at any yeah. point until he says otherwise. But Tata Martino, the coach of Inter Miami, came out and said Messi played every game of the League's Cup, and maybe at some point he'll want to rest, but that won't be on Wednesday. He's going to play, and he'll start until he says something. He will play. He wants to be at every game alongside the team. And I love that about him. This guy's actually really come in and impressed me in a way that I – I feel like I'd already been, I'd hit my ceiling on being impressed with Leo Messi, mm. but, you know, sharing the captain's armband, doing the trophy lift with DeAndre Yedlin, the, the previous captain before Leo Messi took over, uh, him saying, yeah, whatever, I'll play on turf. You know, like just these, he's just letting everything kind of roll off his back. Whereas we've had other big names that have come to the league and they're always bitching and complaining about something. And so it's pretty refreshing, actually, to have yeah, it, someone of his status come in and be like, yeah, I'm game for whatever. I just love to play. I agree. Having said that, like I'm going to preface that with a little having said that, <laughs> he has not played in the league yet. 
He has not done <laughs> the grind of the league. <laughs> the you know what I mean? Like he's he's you're I talking about it. two competitions it. where it's seven games to a final, which is a lot, by the way, um, or six, whatever it was. And then you have and then seven. you have two games and you're a champion of 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 the next thing, which again, um, it it, it just puts the North Star within reach versus what it's going to be like game in and game out where you'll probably get a rest. And, and obviously he's got national team duty. So he'll probably miss a couple of games as well um, on their schedule. So, I mean, overall I I'm wildly impressed, like beyond impressed with everything that he's doing and will continue to do. Um, I, I just want to judge this in the start of October once they've gone through like, you know, seven, seven league games that are more about league positioning and playoff position. And there's not this like, there's not something that's within that's the thing about cup competitions and knockout competitions. There's something that's within reach. And with every win, you get a little closer to that. And I think that's a different level of motivator for a team and a group, especially with the struggles they've had in the season, than you know, the the North Star being a line. You know, that's a little bit, I think, of a different, different type of um task because it it has implications that happen outside of your game as well than just like you control your own destiny. I mean, I guess you do, but like in a way you don't. No, I understand what you're saying. Based on averages. Also, when he comes into the league, they only have what? 10 to 12 more games left. It's not like he's going to put 10 to 12 games in and then have to go to New England Revolution on a hot, muggy night and play on turf. We, I bet you his tune might change a little bit, or he might just have like back spasms, whatever the, the default injury is when you're not actually hurt. I never had back spasms, but I see it happen a lot. And I <laughs> wish that I would have had the opportunity to have back spasms once in a while, you know? I love that. I love that. Well, we actually had a chance, or not me and Heath, but our morning footy crew had a chance to sit down with Inter-Miami defender Kamal Miller to talk about this upcoming matchup against FC Cincinnati in the 108th edition of this U.S. Open Cup, making it the oldest tournament in the history of American soccer, but let's hear what Kamal had to say. See yourself matching up against a Brandon Vasquez as well as Lucho Acosta, who loves to make those runs in the pockets and, and in behind the center backs while you're dealing with a Brandon Vasquez. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, uh, to deal with both of them. Uh, they work very well together, probably one of the better duos in, in MLS attacking, attacking wise and yeah, it's always a tough game playing against those two. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, great fan base. We know the stadium is going to be so loud, so we're expecting a good atmosphere. So it's just about the the balance of myself, Sergi, and and Sergio, trying to contain those two and making sure we don't let them do what they want. Um, Got to be physical when you play against Brandon Vasquez. That's one of his strengths. When you let him finish his runs and feel like he can move wherever he wants to move, that's when he, he's going to hurt you. Um, played him a bit earlier in the year with the national team in the Gold Cup. Uh, came on and scored against us. and Yeah, so I know what to expect. I've played against him quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to it. It's always a, always a good battle. He's a fierce competitor like myself. Well, I appreciate that interview. Of course, some good insight there from Cabal Miller, the Canadian international. Also, we got Chuck in the show, Heath. So we got to hear mm. the soothing sounds of Charlie's voice. And uh, we can comment on his shirt selection a little later. Huh. I actually thought you were going to bring him on right now. And then I realized what you meant, uh, that he was. We, we, we had a video of Chuck. In the, <laughs> not in the flesh, yeah. No, no, I he's not. I do he's like not. it. That's a good one. No, no, he's big time in us uh, right now. It's, it's, it's too early in the week for him to show his face. He likes to be more later in the week kind of guy. When I think about Kamal Miller's thoughts, yes, Brandon Vasquez is a handful. Lucho Acosta, ridiculous how good that is, how good he is. Mm -hmm. 13 goals and 12 assists and 25 starts this year. 
which are insane numbers. And I think he's the front runner for MLS MVP, especially because they're what six or seven points clear at the top of the supporter shield is the best team in MLS to the regular season. Yep. So everything's pointing in the direction for Cincinnati. However, they didn't look good against Columbus Heath Pierce and Heath just, just decided to disappear. So I'm going to run with this until he <laughs> returns, but they just signed a new DP, Aaron Bupensa. And he didn't necessarily look like he was flowing that well with Brandon Vasquez. Now, in fairness, Columbus were excellent in this past hell is real Derby this past weekend. Uh, I thought that uh, when he picked up, well, I guess I'm thinking Aiden Morris, when he picked up the ball and could take that touch and break the lines with his running. Hey, sorry, Jimmy. I got I th- kicked off there for a second. No, I, it's all good. Uh, I, I accidentally hit the command uh, R, you know, instead of the command T. I was trying to open up a new tab on my browser and it's hit fine. Uh, re- refresh and got booted myself, which is uh, <laughs> it was a nice little cleansing thing. But you're on a roll. Keep going. No, I was just talking about the fact that their DP, who they signed right before League's Cup started, Aaron Bupenza from mm-hmm. from Al Shabab from, from Saudi Arabia, he's got a great track record of scoring a lot of goals. But I wonder if him and Brandon Vasquez are too similar, Heath. Are they, are they, I mean, they played one game and it didn't necessarily look like they were flowing. And then defensively, when Aiden Morris in particular from Columbus got the ball, he, if he took his first touch and broke the lines and could run at that Cincinnati defense, they were all over the place. And what gives me some concern for Cincinnati is that Inter Miami is very good at that. Now, Sergio Busquets, probably not as mobile as Aiden Morris at this point, given his age, but his passing is going to help them break those lines very easily and if Messi can get the ball and and run at that back four it's just it's going to be curtains for FC Cincinnati I don't see how they're going to slow them down based on what I saw this past weekend however I think the caveat or the 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 counter to this is that FC Cincinnati got a game out of their system and said okay cool we got to address a couple things we know how Inter like to play and and if they can obviously execute at that level, then they're going to be able to do it. But Messi's just a different gravy, all things considered. Now, before I get your thoughts, Heath, we did hear from Mr. Pat Noonan, the head coach of FC Cincinnati, who uh, gave his little breakdown of how they're going to try to contain Leo Messi and Inter Miami. Let's see what he had to say. Different ways to try to stop some some very good players. Obviously, a good coach. You know, they all have a history of working together and. When you start to piece in players of that quality, you see the best versions of, you know, the players that have been a part of that group, you know, from the beginning. So they're in great form. You know, we've we've talked about how we want to approach the game. You know, you've seen teams that look to get after them and the challenges that you face when, you know, pressure's broken. You see teams that have sat in a little bit and really even teams that, you know, are, are sitting deeper. You have good players with limited space that can still make plays. And so... You know, I, I think a lot of coaches and, and teams have taken this approach of how do you stop, you know, one of the best to ever play the game. And, um, you know, that's our challenge on Wednesday. But I know our guys will be up for it, but you, you still got to execute in, in the in the biggest moments. And um, you saw it even in the Nashville game. Um, I thought they defended in a, in a really good way, limited, you know, Messi's touches, Busquets at times. But in that one moment where the ball just bounces out in a way where, you uh, you know, Messi makes an incredible play to score a goal. You know, you look at it and you say, how much more can you do? So um, it's it's those types of moments where you, you need the, the right defending. You need to be able to get close uh, to the player to to keep him from getting a shot off. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, on Wednesday we have some answers. All right. 
Good words there from Pat Noonan. Kind of talking about the same things we're talking about. Can they execute? It's one thing to have a plan, but you got to execute that plan. And there's a great video. I don't know if anybody has seen it on social media where there's just somebody who's tracking Messi ahead of his goal against Nashville in the Leagues Cup final. And he's walking for the first 60 seconds of it. But then right when that ball gets over to the, you know, they're attacking half. You see him switch on. He changes his speed. He gets it at his feet, creates a little bit of space and hits the back of the net. And that's what Pat Noonan's talking about. Yet you can only do so much with a player of that caliber. So, so Heath, how does FC Cincinnati go on to win this game and ultimately slow down Messi? Yeah, I actually think he made some good points about the way that Nashville played against him. Nashville had every opportunity. That was the first game other than when I go back to FC Dallas who were in control, um, uh, just couldn't keep control. I think about, and that was just more because it was just wide open. But when I think about the way Nashville played them, they minimized Messi's impact in theory, right? Except you have to be a little bit more perfect than that. You have to have... That next guy, when when Walker Zimmerman stepped out to make that tackle, bounces off of him, falls into Messi's path. You know, there has to be the sort of you have to have almost that pessimistic mentality of like what happens when he does get past Walker Zimmerman, who was in the right spot to make the right play and made the right challenge, and it didn't. Right? Who's the next guy that's going to step up and make that play? And you've got to do that for ninety minutes because you can see that even in a perfect game plan where your team executes in the right ways. Um, it still takes just one one half chance for the average player is a clear chance for him, and that's what it's going to come down to, right? Uh, I think in the three, three, four, one, two that that Cincinnati can roll out in, or call it a back five if you want, right? You know, it's going to it's going to clog up a lot of spaces. But the problem is, is you if you watch any of those videos with Messi, he just drifts to the area where is it is on the weak side, right? He's 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 seconds ahead of where the play needs to go to. And when you have intelligent players on the field that know where the next pass needs to go, it's going to eventually get to him in a pocket in a space, right? He's not going to play as like a winger or something like that. And so that's what makes it difficult is being able to again spring out on on in transition or in counterattacking opportunities wherever he is. He he knows he doesn't just he never follows the ball. He never follows where the game is, right? He, he goes to where the game needs to get to. Right, right. Uh, and that makes it really, really hard to stop. So it's going to require any team that's going to beat them this year is going to have to be uh, mindful of him, play a really good game, and and then and then also be able to to to, to punish um, when you get the opportunities the other way. Um, and I haven't seen a team other than FC Dallas again. I believe it was FC Dallas, only yeah. FC Dallas that that was able to really find but ways they, to in, in transition with Velasco to chances. be able to just take their chances. And then you got to add that defensive piece that that that. Um, doesn't leave room for the spectacular because there's room for the spectacular at all times with them. Messi, 10 goals and four assists in his seven games for Inter Miami. <laughs> Cincinnati good. undefeated at home, though. Let's go. Say, yeah, that's true. Undefeated at home in 2023. This is going to be a great game. And of course, it's going to be on Paramount Plus. We'll give you all that info shortly. But we want to talk about the other semifinals as well Houston Dynamo versus Real Salt Lake. As we mentioned before, Real Salt Lake in terrific form prior to League's Cup. And then sputtered a little bit there. But they've added some pieces, as you talked about, I believe, in the last show, Heath, about Pablo Mastriani and just how much depth they provided. They're, they're having success despite numerous lineup changes and potential tactical changes. And yet they're still having it. So why change that? However, Houston Dynamo absolutely slapped Portland Timbers this uh, weekend, which led to Gio Savarese getting fired from the Timbers. And... Ben Olsen's got something special cooking with Houston, and they feel like they can hurt you in so many different ways. I got the edge to Houston. I know it's just one game this past weekend, and that shouldn't really dictate, 
But a current form should matter. And I actually think that that Miami and, and Houston are going to get to the final, which means Miami would host that one. So yeah. that's something to take into consideration. Where are you on this second semifinal? I mean, Houston, similarly, they've, they've had a couple season-ending injuries to their back line, but they've continued to, like, their midfield three with, with Hector Herrera, Arthur, Coco Cotasquia when he plays on, on, on the inside. They're fun to They're watch, just. Man. They're fun to watch and they're a possession-oriented team, but they also seem to be okay when things aren't going that way, right? They can play a little bit more direct if they have to. They just have some different weapons, and I've I've tried to break down Ben Olsen a, a, a little bit to just get him to be like, yeah, we're a good team, but he's like, ah, I'm not, not really to that point where I believe it yet. But when you watch them on their day, they're just they, – they're, they're starting to look a lot more like not St. Louis in their style of play, but in just the fact that they're just not a lot of weaknesses somewhere, right? You go back to the League's Cup and – I can't remember what his what his name is um, from from Houston, the the right back that uh, uh, Griffin Dorsey, who hasn't been Dorsey. starting really any yeah. games, forward turned fullback, and he's just sort of come to life, right? And and that happens through opportunities, but it also happens through good management and good coaching that puts you in a position to to believe. And so he's getting a lot out of his players because on paper they're they're still not the best. And I mean, Bossy is still getting most of, a lot of his goals via via penalties, but he's another one that's just active on the field and. Again, when you look at a lot of their players, they're very rarely just put their foot on the ball, right? Right. In the midfield, they move the ball in their in their triangles, and then as they get up higher in the field, like their first touches are always on the go, as opposed to like stopping. And it makes them really difficult to defend against. Um, and they're a really good team. And on the flip side, we're also like another team that I think are in fantastic form right now in terms of just over indexing on on what I think people thought maybe earlier on in the season and. Pablo Mastroini is very much more into like the psychological side of humans, right? On the way that he talks about building teams and their belief right, in a lot of right. these like things that are much deeper than sort of tactics. And Jimmy, you've been on you've been on teams where you you've had that and you've also not had that, and you you know that when that special men mentality or that belief that we can beat anybody at any time kicks in, it can change the trajectory of a season, and it can and you're seeing that actually actually with Inter Miami, right? Now, all of a sudden, all these players who played really, really average are seeing, whoa, wow, I'm a lot better than I thought I was. Or right, right. now, like, that mood and mentality changes, and it changes quickly. So it, it should be a really good matchup. I still like Houston um, to win this one because because they're at home. But uh, you can't write off, like, Ojeda or Chicho Arango or um, what was the name of the other signing that they had got this summer? Nelson Palacio. Um, so yeah, they're both, both really good teams in this one. It's kind of more of a toss up, um, than I think. Yeah, I, I could see it being a bit of a coin flip, uh, without Pablo Ruiz though, for RSL and midfield, I do think he was somebody who was he's sometimes the glue, right? The unsung hero mm -hmm. for the squad. And when you start to miss that piece, sometimes it can throw off everything else, but we'll see. I, I got Diego Luna. You guys know I'm a big Diego Luna stand and hopefully he starts in this one for Pablo Mastriani and Chicho Rongo. I think we'll have a say in this as well. But there's just something about Houston right now that I really like. So I got Houston and Inter into the final. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go, man, I just really don't want to write off um, RSL, even though they got thumped in, in the Open Cup. Uh, I mean, in the League's Cup, too. Uh, I'm going to go with Houston against, uh, I'm going to go Houston, Cincinnati in the final. Uh, wow. I don't know why I'm you're writing off Inter Miami, but I'm so sticking to my bracket. Stay true to your bracket. I'm sure to my bracket. I'm not going to uh, turn on it I now, Jimmy. I've got a I chance to it. win a dollar. I respect it. I respect it. All right, we're going to take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk a little Americans abroad, including Christian Pulisic scoring his first goal for AC Milan. Yes, inject that straight into my veins. Let's go. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yes, as a reminder, streaming live on the CBS Sports Golasso Network and Paramount Plus, as I mentioned before, the U.S. Open Cup returns with two fantastic semifinals. Leo Messi and Inter-Miami look to keep their winning streak alive against FC Cincinnati before Houston Dynamo and Real Salt Lake square off for a berth in the final. Houston Dynamo won it back in 2018, so they're looking to do something special once again. The U.S. Open Cup happening Wednesday, August 23rd. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern. And again, that'll be streaming live on the CBS Sports Golasso Network, available on the CBS Sports app and Pluto TV. Also, fun fact, Ray Hudson will be on the call along with Dre Cordero. So that is going to be a lot of fun for all you Ray Hudson fans out there like me and Heath, of course because Ray Hudson is an absolute legend. All right, let's get into Americans Abroad. We got to start in Italy. We got to start there. Christian Pulisic scores and has a second hockey assist for the first goal for Olivier Giroud. And I'm going to put my flag in the ground and say I thought he was the best player for AC Milan on the day, and that is great news. He looked active. He looked busy. He was picking up the ball in good spots, driving at the back line, looking to combine. He clearly has a great relationship and rapport with Olivier Giroud. And I thought that was on full display. And he scored an absolute peach of a goal. AC Milan ended up beating Bologna 2-0. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't think we could ask for a better debut for Pulisic in Italy. I fully agree. I mean, it, it was classic uh, Pulisic performance where, you know, when we see him at times where it's kind of hit or miss, that was, uh, uh, again, just kind of going back to the point I was just talking about with, with the Houston Dynamo, like always advancing forward. Like his first touch was positive all the time. Even if it was a layoff, like the spin out was like knowing that the next pass is going to go forward and maybe come back to him. Just that activity and that confidence that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be impactful, not just again in like successful dribbles, but like I'm going to be able to, to actually put up stats. And yeah, it's, it's, it's the best that I've seen him in a while. And I think you're not wrong, Jimmy. That was a man of the match, like an unbiased man of the match performance uh, for his debut. We've seen that with him with change. And and with adversity, I'd love to just make sure that he, you know, hopefully he's got a challenging enough environment that we're going to see this now game after game after game, build this confidence into something special. Yeah, what's interesting in this particular game for him, remember he came off flying or came on flying for Chelsea when he made the move from Borussia Dortmund. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is something about how much he wants to prove that he belongs and that he's going to be a difference maker. I, in some ways, I don't worry about Christian Pulisic in the first six months of the season. It's more... As things progress, and maybe when he has a dip in form, because every player is going to go through it, will will Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, still stick with him in those tough moments? It's something we didn't see as much with Chelsea, and I think that's going to be the big test for him moving forward. Because we all know that he's got the goods, so it's exciting to see him get that. Yunus Musa uh, did not dress, so obviously waiting to get his debut for Milan as well. But now 
Pivoting over to Juve, which, we which also- by the way, if he, if you didn't know, it was because of his red card that he carried over. That's um, right. So it wasn't. Yeah, no, like, I, uh, some yeah, people good. were worried on the internet about like why already on the already not making the roster, and it was like no, they spend money on him. Uh, he's just suspended, but he's back. Yeah, he's gonna play. But uh, Reinders was good, and Ruben Loftus Cheek was good too. So you know, it's it's not gonna be easy for him to to break in. But now let's move over to the other team in Italy, Juventus, that has two Americans on it. Team away, it started. And their big 3-0 away win over Udinese. They were absolutely cruising. It was 3-0 at half. And I want to say that's why Timo came on and came off at halftime. Excuse me. He only played for the first 45 minutes. And then Weston McKinney actually came on and replaced him at the right wing back position. And I thought Weston McKinney looked pretty good as well. Now we just got to find, come on, uh, Maxi Allegri. Can we find room in the starting 11 for both of those guys at the same time? But a really, really good performance from Juve. And and uh, not necessarily un Maxi Allegri like, but I just thought they played on the front foot. And and for those that don't know, Maxi Allegri's a little bit more conservative in his approach in terms of how, when to transition, how many players are going to be in that transition, and the commitment to go forward with with numbers. And I thought they were excellent. And and scoring early obviously helps unlock that. And and if Chiesa and and Vlahovic can stay healthy for them, and I bring those two players up in particular because if they're scoring a lot of goals. It's just going to make everything easier for everybody else in every other line of the field, including for Weston McKinney and Timo Weah. But uh, good start for Timo Weah. I'm thrilled that he got to start in this one overall, Heath. Yeah, it's huge. And obviously, it's like anything. You come out and you score in the second minute of a game, it's going to change the whole dynamic of a match uh, and and just throw chaos into any tactics uh, for a team starting start going into that match. You know, you, you give up one goal and you go, oh man, what do we do now uh, if you're Udi Nese? And so... But overall, just fantastic. I do not want to see Wea and Pulis- and and uh, McKinney sharing time this year. That would piss yeah. me right. But um, he's got to find a way to get in with Rabio or Locatelli or Moretti um, into that lineup. So not going to be easy. But time is time, and it's still Juventus um, regardless. So I'm 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 kind of happy that you know getting early minutes and, and positive results and both performing well is is a great yeah, sign. Yeah, what else what else can we ask for, right? And then uh, down in Serie B, we have Tanner Tessman played and started 90 minutes in Venezia's 3-0 win over Como. Uh Gianluca Abusio also started and played 81 minutes in that game for Venezia. So, keeping an eye on on them to see if they can sneak their way back up to Serie A moving forward. Obviously, there's what 37 more games to go. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, let's now pivot over to the Premier League because uh, Anthony Robinson started and played 90 minutes in Fulham's 3-0 loss in, uh, to Brentford on Sunday. Tim Ream also started and played 64 minutes. He got two yellows and got thrown out. He, he committed two fouls. One was right before halftime where he got a little aggressive in midfield and fouled the player, which is fine. But the, the second yellow I thought was pretty cheap. They ended up calling a penalty on the play as well, which felt pretty soft. But uh, they they upheld the penalty, upheld the yellow card, and now he has to sit out their game against Arsenal this upcoming weekend. And uh, that's a bit of a shame because obviously we know how influential Tim is to the team and, and his presence. And obviously when he went out, they scored another one. So not the best. Uh... Tim, Ream, Tim Ream sucks, huh? Jeez Louise. <laughs> Two fouls, sent off, penalty. I know, like, I, know on, I know, I know. We're soft, though. We're going to defend him here because that was uh, some BS. Yeah. It's pretty light no, to give I mean, him a, was, a yellow yeah. at that point. And then uh, in some other games, Matt Turner, he started 
And made two saves, got his first ever Premier League win as a starting goalkeeper. Isn't that weird? Yeah. By the way, goalkeepers, like, he got his first Premier League win, but he's been there for quite a while. But it's just the way it is. Like, you don't get a chance, especially when you're a team chasing a totally. uh, Premier League title. But, like, yeah, I thought he made, him. Awesome. he made two saves. One was very good uh, in particular. In, uh, Forrest won 2 1 over Sheffield United. Got a late goal there from Chris Wood to, to seal the three points. Austin Trust. They, they have to win those games. They by need the way. to win. Yeah. Especially the teams that are, yeah. quote unquote, on paper, a little worse than they are. The ones that just got promoted. Austin Trusty play dressed, but did not play for Sheffield United. Maybe the result would have been different if he had. Just throwing that out there. Ethan Horvath dressed, but did not play for Forrest. Chris Richards dressed, but did not play in Crystal Palace's 1-0 loss to Arsenal. And then Balogun did not dress for Arsenal. And then, you know what? I want to talk about Balogun potentially being linked to Chelsea. Now, Chelsea lost to West Ham. They're spending... What over a billion dollars at this point? Two of their former players, Giroud and Pulisic, scored this past weekend. I don't know what to make of Chelsea, but I'm glad that Tyler Adams is not going there. And and the one thing I want to say about this, and Tyler Adams is making the move to Bournemouth or made the move to Bournemouth, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Heath. And anybody wants mm-hmm. to chime in, hit us up on Twitter at ISWT Pod. What I think is happening to Chelsea is, say you're a chef. I thought about this analogy the other day, and I want oh, you to, I want you nice. to. Uh, but like, say you're a chef, and all of a sudden, the owner of the restaurant says, hey, we want you to use these 10 ingredients to start. And then, then you're like, okay, cool. So you start cooking. You start cooking. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I've, I've got five more ingredients you got to throw in there. And, mm-hmm. and the chef's like, what the, what the, what, I, I, how? You know, like you can't, you can't get any flavor going. You can, and then, hey, then right when you like, okay, fine, I'll figure out these 15. And then he throws in another five ingredients. And like, dude, I can't make anything with this. I, I'm done. Like, there's no flavor. There's no taste. This is an absolute mess. And I feel like that's what Chelsea is right now. So I'm glad that Tyler Adams is not going there because I just don't know where he would fit. I know that he would probably win people over and and get some meaningful minutes, but it just feels like such a dumpster fire that's not getting solved. The guy can't stop spending money. It's insane. Yeah. You agree? Where where are you? Like my analogy? I do like that analogy. It's really good. Um, <laughs> Great. That's all I want. That's that affirmation. Uh, unfortunately, that's called being a coach, you know, like, uh, but I this is that. to the extreme degree um, for sure. I, I, but they're I, not, they're I'm not really allowing good. the coach to actually have time to settle in with the team and build something. Right. It's always like they're adding new pieces. You're like, dude, I can't. Well, here, what okay. But Bournemouth ended up, you know, surviving the drop as, as a, as a result. Now we're talking about a chef, Jimmy who is being told to make a masterpiece with only a few ingredients. Okay, that's right. that's Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah, Bournemouth situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with a few ingredients, not a lot of ingredients. And he's got to go and he's got to make a meal at uh, Liverpool last weekend and didn't. Uh, has to make a meal this weekend against Spurs. Has to make a meal against Brentford, who are four points on the season and going to be one of the better teams in the league. Uh, and then he's got to go uh, at home against Chelsea and make a meal uh, listen, added- and then Brighton and then Arsenal, Jimmy, and listen, then Everton at like but- it's six games before that's they get true. a chance against somebody that's going to actually allow them to be like, you know, Everton will be the first one. We're like, we'll give you some, we might give you some points if you play well enough. I feel um, like they've added a so- spicy, a spicy ingredient here with Tyler yeah. Adams. However, I agree. He's, not he's not healthy yet. He's not healthy. He's yet. not. And it was like, this is the sad part for me. And I, I love the move for him because I think it's a good lateral move that he'll continue to get games. And he's at an age where he's just more and more games are going to make him a better player, right? Uh, I don't love like fighting relegation adversity. The saddest part for me, though, was like the photos of him. Now there's just so much creativity around like player signings. It was like a dimly lit room, like a faded <laughs> backdrop and him holding the jersey. And I was just like, no, I don't want this. I don't want this. I want it to feel like for me as That's an outsider far away, I want it to feel not yeah. even a big deal like, 
just bright and and like and warming and like exciting and something around that. But it felt a little bit more like player signing, classic player signing, sign the contract, hold up the jersey, and like not in front of like a. I'm sure there's a bunch of other photos, but the ones that I saw is just in front of like this dimly lit like, you know, conference yeah, room. And I was like, ah. I understand. But I hope yeah. he kills it because if he, he does, they'll do well and they'll stay in the league. Yeah, yeah. So. I liked your analogy, your counter analogy to my analogy. All right, let's move over to the championship in England where Haji Wright actually started and registered an assist. But I don't know if he knew much about it. He, When he tried to hold it up in the box, it kind of got away from him, his first touch, and it fell to one of his teammates who then slotted it. But whatever, it's just an assist and assist. He played 79 minutes in Coventry's 1-1 draw with Swansea. And then we got to talk about Josh Sargent. The guy has been on fire since taking over the number nine jersey, Heath Pierce. He mm-hmm. scores again. He played 80 minutes in Norwich's 3-1 win over Millwall. I just think overall Norwich looks great. David Wagner, the head coach, or their head coach, but also an American, who's bounced around a little bit. He had success with Huddersfield Town, if you remember, got them promoted and then got fired about a year later, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or less than a year later, and uh, went to Germany. Now he's back, and I think the championship just might be his level, but he... This Norwich team looks fantastic, and they've made some signings, too, to kind of elevate the process. But I'm loving that Josh Sargent looks like he's thriving right now. And I think that's a good thing for for the U.S., obviously, as we try to push to see who's going to become the second number nine behind Balogun. I know that Ricardo Pepe is in the conversation about that as well. I don't know. You can you can jump in with that or just wait until I say that Ricardo Pepe did not play this past weekend for PSV. And speaking of PSV, Heath, Serginho Dest is going to be on a loan move from Barcelona for the year to PSV. So Ernie Stewart doing some work there to get an, another American into the squad after Malik Tillman and Pepe and uh, Serginho Dest. Do you like that move to PSV? And are you worried at all about Pepe not getting minutes? Uh, I do like the move to PSV. That's for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, you just uh, take, I, I threw a whole bunch of stuff out there. You yeah, no, I, I, I like Sir, I, I, I like the the move for Serginho Dest to, to to PSV just because um, he hasn't proven anything, and we know what kind of upside he has as a player, right? We knew the year that he had it was like 19 games or something at at uh, at Ajax, and he lit it up and like kind of set the world on fire as like a young up and coming star. And then lost his way for the last few seasons because right. he was in incredibly high pressure environments where there's no room for air. This puts him back into a, a learning environment. And the Dutch football leagues or teams that are a, at that level want to out punch their weight, right? PSV are playing in Champions League today, a qualifier against Rangers. Um, and and for a player like him, it's a good chance to get a ton of of hopefully prove himself and get a ton of reps and get his career back on track to maybe see. What's the next move from here? You know, there's a lot of players that have stayed at a PSV Eindhoven that at Ajax for a number of years beyond just being teenagers um, to really get their careers going. So I think I think it's a great move for him. Pepe, he's going to have to keep keep proving himself. It's not going not going to be a, a, an easy ride. PSV are a massive club, um, and uh, there's going to be pressure for starting spots and for young players like them. It's a great environment to be in because if they're not playing, they're going to train consistently. They're going to train twice a day, a few days a week. And I just like that for anybody who really wants to push themselves. It's a good situation to be in at their age. Yeah, they're playing for Peter Bosch, who some people love that guy and some people don't. He actually did really well when he was coaching Ajax. He got them into what the Europa League final where they ended up losing to Manchester United when Jose Mourinho was there. And that's really where he came onto the scene. Like, holy crap, this Peter Bosch guy can really uh, make it happen. He goes over to Dortmund, 
Didn't last very long, 24 games there. Stayed in Germany, went to Bayer Leverkusen. Lasted a little bit longer, 108 games in total. Then went to Lyon in France and uh, only lasted 60 games. And now he's back in the Eredivisie with PSV. He has something about him as a manager, but it doesn't always seem like he, if he can't win over his group right away, it's like they don't ever buy it. It kind of reminds me of Jesse Marsh at RB Leipzig, where he had all the the components, but it just didn't, like he couldn't get the group to really subscribe to whatever he was doing. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious on Peter Bosch overall, but I think Eredivisi's a good spot for him to be in, and I'm curious to see how he utilizes Sergino Dest and Malik Tillman and Ricardo Pepe moving forward. But yeah, I do agree with you with regard to Dest that it's okay. It, it, I know it feels like a step back for him, but I do think that he needs to have that regular playing time, that confidence, uh, that consistent confidence that comes from playing all the time. And and uh, I think that's really important and not be, I mean, just was treated and it's an poorly. Attacking style league. It's an attacking yeah. style yeah. league. It'll play into his, that's why, why he stood out like the four, three, three system where he's high and wide and good starting positions. It'll be great. It'll be great for him um to 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 build his confidence put up some uh, hopefully some good numbers and and kind of get his career back on track because he lost it a little bit and rightfully so um, there's you know a He's lot some of, of the biggest clubs in the world yeah. yeah yeah when they when they go that big and there's again no room for 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 air or a managerial change like Komen. it's a, it's a huge opportunity for him. it's a huge opportunity for all of them tillman um pepe dest hopefully uh richards when he goes on a free uh after the atlanta united season um, not Richards Robinson, um, goes, goes on a free, um, cause I know he's linked there too. And then we just turned it into the PSV of America, so, <laughs> you know, USA PSV. Eindhoven. <laughs> yeah. USAV or something. We'll have to figure out a yeah. fun acronym for that. Uh, also keeping it in the area of VC, Georgie Mihailovic came off the bench and played 16 minutes for Azed Alkmaar in the three, one win this past Sunday. He's another one that, okay, can he start to get back in there, be injury free and start to really regain those minutes? Because we all know that he's got. A lot of talent. And Taylor Booth still hurts for FC Utrecht. Uh, they ended up losing 2-0 to Heronveen this past weekend. And uh, him not being there probably is a big reason why. Okay, we're going to take our second and last break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we got some guys that were playing in some other leagues. And we got some other stuff to talk about, including Dax McCarty getting Leo Messi's jersey. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm totally cool with it, but mm-hmm. we'll break that down a little bit more. So don't go anywhere. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Welcome back to it, Soccer with Host. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and not Charlie Davies, and we're having fun today. And we're excited about some of the performances that are happening around the world for our U.S. Men's National Team player pool. But we haven't talked about Bundesliga yet. Keith Pierce, and we need to do yeah. that. Brendan Aronson, first start. He is in, and Union Berlin wins four to one over. I can't remember who they've played. I had it, and then I just lost it. I remember thinking it was the who Mainz. Mainz. Oh, it was Mainz. Yeah. Mainz. That's right. Brendan Aronson starts 
and Union Berlin's 4-1 win over Mainz. And that's a good start for him. He didn't play a part in any of the goals, mainly because they got a big center forward who's banging in all the headers, had a hat trick. But uh, I still think it's promising to know that he's already being trusted in the first game of the season. Yeah, exactly. I I actually wasn't sure if he was going to be a starter. He started a little bit in the in preseason. wasn't really like, you know, I it wasn't clear. And he and he got the start first start of the season. And he's already talking about just sort of building that confidence again and that belief of of what it can do for his career. So I think it's a huge, a huge one um, for him. And obviously, the 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 flip side of that is is that um, Jordan Pifok didn't uh, dress but didn't play for Union Berlin, and uh, it's going to be hard to get time when people score hat tricks. Yeah, well, I'd like to think with Union Berlin qualifying for the Champions League, there's going to be a lot of minutes and competitions to spread around. So that's me yeah. looking out for uh, Mr. Jordy Pifok in particular. Now, the game that I was thinking about in terms of uh, Augsburg in the 4-4 game was Borussia Mönchengladbach because Joe Scally started and played 90 minutes in all of that game. And it was a 4-4 draw against Augsburg. That was a crazy game. Augsburg was down 3-1, I believe. They came back and made it 4-3. And then uh, there was a late penalty in favor of Munch and Gladbach to tie it up 4-4. That's that's Bundesliga at its very best. Mm -hmm. Scally not really involved in any of the goals outside of a ball getting whipped in to the back post. He gets out-headed. The guy heads it back across, and they get a bit of a tap-in. Sounds like he's away. involved in one of the goals then, Jimmy. Well, doesn't sorry. It? Well, I mean... What, do you want him to be at fault for all four? No, I don't. But I'm just saying, for people that didn't get to watch the game... Bench you, him. And you say, well, you hear 4-4, you're like, well, Scally had to suck at some point in that game. And he didn't. Well, he, did. he just At that one point. He, but that one moment, yes. It, it, he's, he, they would have won 4-3. That was the that one thing, thing that I <laughs> was my knock on on uh, Steve Trundolo, is that he's he's five-foot awesome. You know, He's just a little guy. Yeah, so if yeah. anything comes to the back post of bigger guys, there's always going to be a bit of trouble. Hey, I played against Trundolo in the Bundesliga, and I made a near-post run, and I was going to beat him to it, and he shoved me straight in the back so he knew exactly what to do being a, <laughs> no a matter small what the guy. Situation is. Uh, yeah. That's hilarious. All right. Also in the Bundesliga, John Brooks started and played all 90 in Hoffenheim's 2-1 loss to Freiburg. Unfortunately for him on that. Kevin Paredes came off the bench and played a minute, one yeah. minute in Wolfsburg's 2-0. Congrats on that win bonus because that's how it works. You get in for one minute. You get more than you did if you didn't. So congrats on that bonus. You'll love to see it. Uh, Paxton Aronson and... Uh, well, a long time ago, U.S. men's national team player Timmy, Timmy Chandler did not dress in Frankfurt's 1-0 win over Darmstadt. Uh, Aronson missed with an illness. So yeah. there's nothing there. I it wasn't saw like, that. Like, like, it, even, even on like who scored and stuff, it was just like a scratch and like a mystery. Like I mean, on live score, it just said like un-whatever un, un whatever the word they use is, which was like must have been a last-minute type of thing of something. Um, yeah. So. And then we have Gio Reyna, who did not dress. And he's still hurt with a foot injury. And Dortmund's 1-0 win. And then if we go over to Spain, I want to give a shout-out to Luca De La Torre. He played 84 minutes in Celta Vigo's 1-1 draw with Real Sociedad. And then uh, Jonathan Gomez, he's in the Segunda division, second division in Spain. He played 22 minutes in uh, Miranda's 3-0 loss to Sporting Gijon. Conrad De La Fuente mm -hmm. did not dress against Abar. And then uh, Scotland. Let's go over to Scotland really quick. Unfortunately, Cameron Carter-Vickers was out for Celtic due to an injury but in terms of like overall performances Heath who are you most excited let's leave Christian Pulisic that's the most obvious but there was there anybody else that stood out for you either domestically or internationally you're like yeah I'm really liking what I'm seeing from them at this particular moment uh I did like Luca De La Torre getting a start he didn't start in their their opener um and I was a bit worried about again being that role player but uh to get significant minutes this early on in the season um hopefully that leads to to more opportunities 
for him to to it's a draw, but like hopefully it leads to more opportunities for him to to be a consistent starter in La Liga. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I think that's it. I think we did a lap around around the world with regard mm-hmm. to what's happening with our player pool. And obviously we're getting Champions League qualifiers coming up and Champions League is fast approaching, which is exciting because I love that competition. But we got the Open Cup semifinals happening on Wednesday. As a reminder, make sure you check it out on the Golasso channel and Paramount Plus. But let's talk about League's Cup because there was a lot of chatter around our friend, Dax McCarty. Yeah. Post. Basically, hey, we lost, but hey, I got Messi's jersey, so I won. And... I love Dax, and I don't have any problem with this, but there's a lot of people going, you know, why would he, why is he celebrating this when they lost and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. I want to just say get over it. I don't, I don't, like, he, I think he was pissed, obviously. It was 1 1. They fought back from being down a goal. They lose on the 10th penalty. Like, shit happens. And, yeah. and at the end, Dax gets the, the luxury or the benefit or the honor of switching jerseys with Leo Messi arguably the greatest of all time, in my humble opinion, the greatest of all time. I'd be thrilled. I'd be flexing on everybody as well. Maybe he should have waited a couple days if you want to nitpick here, but I don't have any problem with it. Where are you on this? Yeah, I think timing is everything. Obviously, it's hard. What I will say is, you know, I've known Dak since his, basically his first year playing professionally and playing with him in Dallas. Like, he is a massive, massive student and fan of the game right this is a f- monumental moment f- for him it's not like he just you know jimmy you play with a lot of guys that just play you know mm-hmm. um and just play because they're gifted enough to play and they train hard and but they're it's indifferent like this guy is like a 20-year pro and a massive fan of and student of the game and so like having that or getting that shirt um is pretty hollow ground because you know there's not a lot of them going around right now and so do i think the timing of it is tough yeah i think that's probably like you're in a final to get your team their first silverware it is a total loss it's not a total loss for him personally you know what i mean like you can understand the fan base being like hey you know like did you not care if you watch the game and you saw the game you realize it was one of the best finals i've seen in a long time right in terms of either team could have won it went both ways. The momentum swung. It wasn't just like one team has to stop the other team. And if they do it perfectly and then they score, they'll win. Like it went both ways and it could have been either team uh, that that won that one in the end. And when it comes down to penalties and the way that it did 10 rounds, you're kind of like all bets are off at that point. Um, and so, but again, timing of it is tough. Like I, I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is put this in the context anywhere else in the world, Jimmy, right? Um, Real Madrid lose a cup final um, to, or Real Madrid win a cup final, and the player from the other team does this with a Ronaldo or a Benzema or whatever. I think the, I think no matter who this is, I think it's a sign of 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 kind of the the supporter culture that's been developed in the U.S. Like this would not be acceptable anywhere else in the world um, either. Um, but I love Dax, you know, uh, and I give him I give him a, a pass because I know him. Um, but at the same time, if you're a fan, that's like, dude, you know, like. This was a final and we lost. I'm not saying you got to be like depressed and like, you know, turn your social media off for a couple of weeks and like do that whole thing. But it's more, it's less so the jersey. It's more so the caption, you know, that tonight wasn't a total loss. Like, yeah, we lost, but like I got this guy's jersey. Um, That's to me is where I think the problematic nature of it is. Less so posting the photo. In some ways, and I understand, 
what you're saying. You don't like Dax McCarty, but what I'm <laughs> he was actually really good in that game too. He's been really good uh, this yes, season. And I thought he that he'd be wi- winding down um, this year in his role, but um, it's been fantastic. He's been very good this season. He has 489 appearances over his time in MLS with playoffs and everything included, which he's close to 500, which really speaks to. Yeah. I'd be saying, where were you guys the last 488 games? Huh? You guys didn't have nothing to say for 488 games. And well, also, also now you he, talk? I think he needs to be judged on his actions on the field. If, if he was out there, you know, kissing Messi's ass the whole time during the game and then got his Jersey, he'd be like, dude, what's the deal. But the fact that he's out there battling, giving everything for the team, that that's ultimately the sign of what really matters. And I think all of us would be, if anything, we're just jealous that he got Messi's jersey. I don't know, actually. It. I don't know. But I, I do remember catching some flack. We played, remember we played Germany in the friendly in, in, in 06 before the World Cup? And we we was 0-0 at half just to catch everybody up. And we lost 4-1. We, we did not mm-hmm. play well in the second half. After the game, when you know you're a little dejected, I'm walking off. I, I shake hands with Michael Bollock and we we exchange jerseys. And I remember getting some heat. There's social media obviously wasn't as prevalent or anywhere near as prevalent as it is now, but I still caught some heat from a coach who said, "Hey, that's not a good look because it was on TV. Like it's not a good look for you to be changing jerseys with a player after a loss." And I was like, "It just was. It was so natural. It, it was. It was kind of like." Just commemorating the, the the moment, and it it was a mutual thing between Bollock and I. It wasn't like me, like being a super fan. So mm-hmm. I I actually took exception to that comment. But I got a a Womayilla shirt that game. Who'd you get? A Womayilla. Oh, you did. Yeah, um, that's who I changed shirts with. By the way, but but I, I got the same thing, Jimmy. I, I changed shirts with Steve Trundolo after a game the Bundesliga and because I came out to talk to him after a loss and our team was like fighting relegation. Like I was front page of the, of the tabloid the next day calling me what's the word is called Plauda Tasha, which is like basically gossiper um, <laughs> and like attacking me for like being like, no, you don't get to be a human when your team is struggling and like see another American teammate and talk to them. Um, I remember that being like a legitimate, uh, like I remember being like really sad about that because like the tabloids rule the world at that time and where I was in Germany. You can't um, defend yourself. Not always true. You can't defend yourself, yeah. right? Right. For better or worse. Um, right. I gotta love Heath on the front page of a German tabloid. It was the regional tabloid of build, <laughs> so it wasn't like I was like on the country's newspaper. You know, no one cared there. But where I lived, people cared uh, about whatever was being said there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, Dax. Okay, maybe with what you were saying, caption choice, maybe not the best. But he got Messi's jersey. In 10 years, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years, he made, yeah, whatever, man. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I got the GOATS jersey, and mm-hmm. we played a great game against them. And and uh, I was on the field, and we competed, and we had a chance to win, and maybe should have there at the very end. And penalties is always a coin flip. So I got no problem with it. I think it's, uh, as someone said in the comments, a nothing burger. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also we're hearing that Sergio Dest is apparently starting right now for PSV. So thrown right into the fire. And well, that, are, Jimmy. that is weird. But you know what? We got plenty of time for it. Must must be keeping himself fit. And obviously, yeah. Well, we'll keep you posted on that. And obviously, we're gonna have another show for you on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. We'll obviously do a preview. We'll break down anything that's happening midweek. And we'll cover what happened in the US Open Cup semifinals again. That it's happening on Paramount Plus and the Golasso Network. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern, 
That is tomorrow, and I'm excited about these particular games. I'm going to make some time to sit down and watch both of them back-to-back because that's what I do, Heath. I love the game. I'm a soccer nerd. But before we let everybody go, let's get into our final thoughts. Heath, what do you got for us? What's your final thought for today? What have you seen? Can you enlighten us in some capacity? Uh, When I think about our predictions from the Open Cup, I also think about like just sort of the rights usage, how, you know, U.S. soccer was trying to get uh, a partner, clearly, whatever, to, to, to take these on and, and spend some money. And then I feel like the people that did, like Paramount Plus, are now being rewarded for uh, showing games earlier on in the tournament with getting Messi on the network. That's what's uh, up. Which is exactly what you want. So it's pretty cool to see, to see that. And hopefully that brings more exposure to the Open Cup, which we all know and dream of constantly being some massive thing um, starting at the local level all the way up to the, the the finals. So hopefully this brings some exposure to it and some some eyeballs to make this thing a little bit bigger early on in the tournament because you have some incredible stories at the local level um, that leads all the way up to to the MLS teams and and deeper in the tournament. Yeah, this MLS team has won it every year since 2000. And another MLS team is going to win it this time around. But who is it going to be? That is the big question. My final thoughts. I love you, Christian Pulisic. I loved your debut. And I'm excited to see how you perform in the next game for Milan against Torino because Torino, notorious for being tough to break down, pretty physical team, I would say, in Serie A. And then they got Roma and Jose Mourinho following that in Rome. So I think it's going to be a nice test for him to see if they can break down a lower block. And as teams become a little bit more familiar with him, how they slow him down and how he solves those problems once they start doing that, start stacking him up. So some great problems to have because he's obviously a tremendous player and I'm excited about his performance and long may that continue. All right, that is it. I'm calling it a show and Soccer We Trust is done for now. But again, come back and join us on Thursday live here on the YouTubes at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific or listen to it anytime you want on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you hit likes and subscribes and five-star reviews. We appreciate that, all the kind words. We appreciate your support. And all that good stuff. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon, Davies, kind of, Heath Pierce and myself, Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Conrad and Conrad. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you soon. Later. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.